You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Steve Myers, Senior Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side East, April 9 through 10 in Secaucus, New Jersey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Insider podcast. This is the Supply Side East edition. The show is quickly coming up. It's April 8th to the 10th in Secaucus, New Jersey. Today we're going to talk a little bit about sports nutrition recovery. There's a big sports workshop on Wednesday, April 10th from 9 a.m. to noon as a part of Supply Side East, um, where we'll talk about uh, different aspects of sports nutrition and the different demographics as the as the market has widened beyond just um, competitive and elite athletes. It includes all, all manner of active consumers, um, from just the casual runners to the weekend warriors and the the mutters and all the all the CrossFitters and there's so many different types of people in the industry. So we're going to address that from different angles. And today with us on the podcast is Susan Hewlings. Dr. Hi. Hewlings is Director of Scientific Affairs at Nutrisource. In addition to her being a doctor of nutrition, she's also a registered dietitian. And that's one of the things I love about Susan is um, she's so well-rounded. Um, in addition to her, her work at Nutrisource, she's a professor at Central Michigan University. She she co-founded Substantiation Sciences, so that's where we're going to have the research support for um, nutritional products. And in addition to academia, she's also a seasoned writer and, of course, a seasoned speaker. And we're we're lucky to have her um, in our magazine and in our at our trade shows like Supply Side East and West. And with us today, so welcome, Susan. Hi, Steve, and thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So when we think about recovery, uh, recovery is often often overlooked. I know uh, these days, uh, elite and competitive athletes and, and teams you know, have have athletes focused on all aspects of sports nutrition. Um, you know, pre workout, intra workout, recovery, and but you know, not not everybody who who works out and exercises, especially the casual um, athletes and active consumers. It's a whole lot of thought to recovery. I, you know, actually, back when I was a competitive athlete in high school and college, I'm thinking after, I'm remembering after like a four-hour tennis session, recovery for me was and was a big fat Rita's water ice. And 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 Susan will appreciate this because we grew up in the same area. And I did say water because that's that's how we say it in the Philadelphia area. Yeah, you spell that W O O D E R, Steve. Just in case anybody wants to know. <laughs> That's right. Now, is this is this is this typical of um, of casual athletes or people who aren't on teams with nutritionists, um, or has that improved in the uh, <clears throat> many years since I was young? Well, um, I think there's an awareness that there is um, a need to pay attention, if you will, to recovery in the sense that there are a lot of recovery aids on the market, whether it be drinks or bars or shakes or whatever. So people see the word recovery. So I think in that sense, it has improved in an awareness, if you will. But I think that most people look at that as immediately following their training session or their workout. So it's, did I get enough protein? Definitely focus on protein in the recovery, which is a good thing. Um, But I think that there's some missing pieces 
that the casual consumer, as you refer to them as, are potentially missing. Because there's a conception, well, I'm just going to the gym or I'm just running a few miles every morning. I, I don't need that. And really, I think that the people that are out there slogging it out every day, you know, waking up at 5 a.m., hitting the gym, hitting CrossFit, running miles out there in the dark, you know, those are the people that maybe aren't paying enough attention or don't think they need to be paying attention to recovery. So I think there's, again, some things that have improved since the time that you are referring to, and then some things we still need to bring the consumer awareness up on. That's a good point, that um, that that recovery is not just in that short window after, but it's really like 24-7, I think, is what you're, say, is what you're saying. And while, while I might have managed to rehydrate, which is important immediately following exercise, and, and I guess I restored some uh, glucose levels in my body, um, I didn't do much beyond that, at least in the immediate window. But maybe if maybe if after that I had a good had a good balanced dinner and and took in some calories and some proteins and some other things, I was actually still recovering. Hmm. Good point. Yeah, and I mean you were you were, you depending on what workout you did and how long it was, it is important to restore glycogen and a high glycemic index glycogen replacement like the pure sugar. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the water ice. Um, you know, that is beneficial for your glycogen replacement. You, you were missing a few things there for sure. Um, potentially protein if you didn't get to a protein meal there. Um, and I think the, the protein-carbohydrate combination is important. We've seen lots of research supporting that the combination of the two and the fact that we get a glycogen replacement and also by the carbohydrate you get a small, you know, pump in the insulin that also helps promote protein synthesis, but it's so much more than just that narrow window. And I think a lot of people miss out on several things, you know, like you said, it is a 24-7 effort. I mean, you're working out for an hour, two hours, you know, some people that are hardcore, maybe three, but really recovery is the rest of those hours, the 20, 21, 23 hours that you're not working out is where the adaptations, the changes occur that you're looking for. You're not looking to break the body down. You want to improve it, build it, enhance your performance. And that goes on. That doesn't go on during the workout. That goes on when you recover. And so that's how important recovery is. And like I said, it's often ignored. The other thing that a lot of people forget about in the recovery aspect is you can fine-tune that two-hour window, like we're speaking about, with their protein and hydration and carbs. And that's important. But if you're not paying attention to what you're eating and what you're doing on the other hours, some of that may not even be beneficial. So your total calories are super important for recovery. You know, you got to have enough bricks to build the building. You've got to have enough calories for those adaptations to occur. And a lot of people forget that part because everybody's so focused on, you know, eating less and weight loss. Uh, I think sometimes calories get ignored as an important recovery nutrient. Okay, that's interesting. So, so calories from any of the macronutrients. You know, I know a lot of people are, um, uh, you know, trying to balance out carbs and fats and proteins and which percentage of each. But you're saying that total total calories is equally as important. So yes, total calories are really important. And one of the reasons for that is that you want protein to do its job, right? Everybody recognizes protein as a recovery nutrient. But if you're not eating enough calories or enough carbs, you may direct some of that protein intake towards other uses like 
building blood glucose. So let's support mm-hmm. protein, let it do its job. Even for endurance athletes, protein's important because you need to replace those uh, enzymes, anything that you broke down, any adaptations that occur are protein supported. So the total calories will help support your protein goals. And that's very important on a 24 seven basis. And you know, I remember when learning more about the different types of proteins and uh, you know, you know, some of them are fast acting, so to speak. Some of them are slow acting, you know, like whey is faster and then casein is, um, casein is slower. And I've always, I've heard that um, that's good to take a little later because it's slow acting. It can help those adaptations um, overnight. And, and then that, that sort of, that sort of really highlighted the importance of sleep. You know, you think, you mentioned it's 24-7 and some people might think, well, I'm asleep for Hopefully, six to eight of those hours. We know a few people that get by on four, but um, things are happening while you're sleeping, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, talking about protein, definitely um, there's uh, lots of research out there to support that protein intake can help promote sleep, and that certainly your diet influences sleep and macronutrient composition. And so protein can help support sleep, especially like you mentioned, a casein whey combination. Um, but yeah, if you're not getting enough sleep, that's another thing. And, and as you said, 24 seven, including your sleep. And a lot of people think they get by on four or five hours of sleep, but do they? Are they really reaching their true potential, um, both cognitively and physically by that little bit of sleep? And the research suggests otherwise. And I was just in preparation for my talk in Secaucus, I was just reading some literature regarding recommendations for adequate sleep. And I saw a quote that said that going into the day with less sleep than's required, so let's say those people you say they can get by on four hours, you are approaching the day, cognitively speaking, just like if you were under the influence of alcohol. And I was like, Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's the comparison that they were making. And the recommendation states for adults, eight or nine hours, depending on activity level. So the eight hour recommendation is really, I was trying to figure out, okay, is that put forth for sedentary people? And they definitely indicate a longer sleep cycle is required for people who are active, especially people who are participating in intense activity. So sleep is what I consider the forgotten recovery aid. So much goes on during that time. And granted, I mean, we're talking about these things somewhat in an isolated conversation, but really they're all connected. So your total calories, your hydration, your um, macronutrient composition, having enough protein and sleep all kind of work together to promote this optimal recovery environment. And of course, that's not to negate your training. Your training has to be adequate too. Of course, we don't, we don't want to overlook that. Sure, and I think that's really, I think that's a really important aspect that there are all these, all these different parts, almost like an orchestra. There's all these different parts, and the piece doesn't really work unless they're, or the piece works best when they're all there playing their role. Um, I know that there's a lot of uh, emerging research coming out of places like the University of Arizona where. Their sleep experts there are working with the um, sports department and various teams, and they're they're finding just what you said that um, the importance of sleep and how it can affect performance 
Um, I know there was some stuff about um, teams having to travel across time zones, and if it throws off their sleep, that can actually affect their performance. Do you do you see in the sports world more interest in in sleep? Are are they taking that seriously? Are are athletes taking it seriously? Are new are sports nutrition experts and dietitians taking this seriously? Yes, uh, I, I think so. Um, now, whether or not it gets translated and trickled down to the actual athlete in, in their coaching and, and training environment, I, I'm not sure. But certainly there's a call for it in the literature and there's a call for it in applicable recommendations. I was just reading a, an article today uh, that was making recommendation for nutrition professionals to include sleep in their nutrition assessment. So along with anthropometrics, questions about diet and lifestyle, the suggestion was asking detailed questions about sleep. So not just how long do you sleep? Do you wake up in the night? Do you feel rested when you wake up? Do you find yourself dozing off during the day? And that the, the article, the angle was that the nutrition professional, whether it be the registered dietitian or um, whoever's interacting with the patient, consider including this as the assessment because nobody else may be asking these questions. And it's so important for overall health. In fact, there's lots of studies that show that people that um, either sleep too little or sleep too much have increased weight gain and have a hard time losing weight. So there's a lot of carryover for the sleep and the importance of it beyond those who exercise and train hard. It's really for everybody. So I think there is a lot of awareness out there. Um, I think in addition, part of what's raised the awareness is the research that has pointed to the benefits of sleep for cognitive repair and brain injury. And I think that, yeah, I think it's related to that and it, it's raised awareness. Um, so some good awareness out of some really traumatic things, but yes, to answer your question, I think awareness is definitely improving. Well, that's that's something. I mean, that sort of brings in cognitive to the, at least in some part, to the recovery process. And I don't think most people most people think of that. I mean, I know we've heard um, over the years, more recently, about immune immune um, health in recovery for for athletes. Um, you know, rigorous, long, intense exercise can have an effect there. You know, we've heard some things, but this sort of brings in sort of brings in the cognitive. You know, I've We've we've discussed cognitive from a performance aspect, you know, your focus, your attention, your processing time, and things like that. But the, then, it, obviously, it needs to recover as well. So, and then, and then, of course, you know, physical sports. There's a different level of um, quote unquote recovery. I don't want to say recovery like like a nutritional product's gonna make you recover from a uh, a concussion, which I've had, but uh, but like recovery recovery for the brain, the brain fuel and, and other things as well. So that's pretty that's pretty interesting that you pointed that out. Right. And I also think it's something to consider from a study design perspective. You bring up like I as you know I've done some some talks on nootropics and cognitive enhancement. So um, I think sleep would be a, con, a, a confounder or a factor that needs to be controlled for mm -hmm. studies. Um, because of the impact we're showing that it has on a lot of these uh, cognitive abilities that we're testing. So that was kind of an interesting thought that came up to me as I was reading this too. I'm like, okay, so a lot of times we find ourselves talking about aspects of recovery, whether it be cognitive or physical, 
And we talk about them separately, as I mentioned, you know, we think, okay, well, antioxidants are important. Um, and yes, they are, but by themselves, are they really going to help somebody recover? Because we know that lack of sleep increases free radical production and decreases um, natural antioxidants that somebody who's fit should have higher levels of. And so all, everything is interconnected and it becomes super hard to separate it. And that's why it goes back to what we started this conversation with is saying that, hey, this is really a 24-7 effort. It's so much more than just that two-hour window that everybody focuses on. Because the other thing to consider is that if day after day you are not, quote, recovering in a very minute manner, maybe on an acute level, but day after day you are not recovering, eventually that leads to overuse injuries, overtraining, potentially very serious injury that for some competitive athletes can, uh, you know, prevent competition and potentially delay the season or end the season. So I think that it's important to consider we have health ramifications, we have functioning on an acute level, but we also have the long-term injury prevention that becomes so important when we talk about recovery. Right, that's a good point. I think I think often recovery is thought of as you know preparing me for the next workout, and yes, it it, it does that, but there are some long-term implications, and and like you said, the first step may be just in recognizing that this it's a it's an all-day, um, 24-hour, everyday um, enterprise, and and that there are all these different steps. And I that work in concert, and I know that we've only touched on a few of a few of these um, aspects of recovery, and there are many more. And there's some there's some definitely big ones and obvious ones that I think people know about as far as you know inflammation. I think anybody, anybody who work who exercises or, or plays a sport long enough will have to deal with inflammation at any age. And there's muscle soreness, and there's some of these other areas, and I know you'll touch on those at the upcoming workshop at Supplyside East. Again, the, the the show is April 8th to 10th, and the workshop is on the 10th on Wednesday from 9 a.m. to noon. Visit SupplysideShow.com uh, for more information and to register for that uh, session. And uh, and where they can hear, well, just a lot more than what we talked about here today. But I'm, I'm very glad to, um, to have you today to at least touch upon some of these important aspects. And I thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to expanding upon this uh, at my talk on April 10th in Secaucus. Thanks so much, Steve. And I look forward to seeing you there. We can talk Philly. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Healthy Insider Podcast. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side East, April 9 through 10 in Secaucus, New Jersey.